You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for a successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Welcome to this week's episode of the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast. And my special guest today is Dr. Rosalind Franklin. And Ros is a dentist. She's also had a history of doing training in infection control for dental teams. But her business that I want to talk to her about today is Dental Stock Photos. Ros, welcome to the program. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Before we jump into the dental stock photos that you've been doing for the dental community, can you just give us a brief history about who Roz is? <laughs> well, I, you can probably tell the more I talk, I do have a bit of an accent, and that's because I mostly grew up in America with Australian parents. And when I finished high school, I decided to come back to Australia, to Perth, where my parents were from, to attend university. I was in that state of, do I stay in America? Do I come out to Australia where my roots are? I wasn't entirely sure, but I thought I needed to give it a try. So I came out, I went to the University of Western Australia in Perth, uh, boarded at a local college, and eventually met a boy. And that really cemented my desire to stay in Australia. A good motivation. <laughs> Very good motivation, yes. And the boy's still around, so that's lovely. Woohoo! <laughs> It was a good choice. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, while at UWA, I was actually starting to do a science degree but and heading down a research background in pharmacology, biochemistry, but I didn't feel that was quite for me. I, I like science, I like medical, and I'm quite practical hands-on. And I met a girl who was doing dentistry at UWA. And I thought, you know what, that ticks all my boxes. So I applied for uh, the UWA Dental School. I had to give it two shots before I got in. But I got in and then finished my degree. And then um, I worked in Kalgoorlie for a couple of years because said boy was now working in Kalgoorlie. So I followed him. <laughs> <laughs> and then because he's a Margaret River boy, he was keen to come back down to the southwest. So after two years in Kalgoorlie, we moved to Bunbury, which is the, the halfway between the city girl and the country boy, which works well. And I settled into um, private practice for a while in Bunbury, and I'd also worked in government practice. Um, so I worked for about 15 years, mostly in a full-time and part-time capacity when two children came along. And then I reached the point after I'd practiced for a while where I'd I think I was at a crossroads whether to continue. There are areas of dentistry I enjoyed, others not so much. I would have liked to have probably specialised, but my children were in primary school. We lived in Bunbury, and it, my priority was them at the time. But I had the opportunity to teach and train dental assistants for three years with an RTO, which I did, and that was a really nice mix of teaching dentistry and I really enjoyed that for three years and then I I left there and I had a complete break from dentistry for three years I actually worked with another registered training organization 
in their compliance section, they taught, well, they trained in forklift, rigging, dogging, elevated platforms, confined space, construction, totally new to me. And it was really good, actually, because I worked in a completely different industry for a while, learned how to work in an office environment, learned a lot about compliance. Yeah, so then sort of towards that three years I'd been with them, a dental practice in Bunbury rang me up and said, oh, we want to become the first accredited dental practice in Bunbury. Our practice manager's busy. Do you think you can help? And I thought, oh, that sounds like a nice, I can do that. I know dentistry. I know compliance. I'm sure I can figure it all out. And I worked with them and the practitioner encouraged me. He said, oh, you obviously love this, Roz. You should do it as a business and help other practices. And that's how my first business amalgamate was born but I did discover that as a dentist while I had a lot of infection control knowledge I really didn't know what went on in that sterilization room or what the DAs were doing when they disappeared and I was really quite void in that area of knowledge and I thought oh if I'm going to do accreditation which covers infection control I really need to make sure I know what I'm doing so I read up all I could, chatted to colleagues in the field. Then I enrolled at Griffith Uni and did a postgrad in infection prevention and control and got involved with the Australasian College for Infection Prevention and Control, did some work experience at Fiona Stanley in their infection prevention and control unit. So that was at the hospital side, but then visited a few steri rooms in hospitals, just learning what I could. Um, and that's that's where I sort of ended up being an accreditation and infection prevention and control consultant with dental. Yeah, so um, Dental Stock Photos was born just over a bit more than a year ago now. Um, during lockdown, I got approached by the Ansel Glove Company to do a webinar focusing on reopening dental practices. And they said, I'll just, you know, go on to a one of the traditional stock photo companies, grab what you need off it for the webinar and off you go. And I knew that would be a little tricky because over the years when I'd been putting together PowerPoints of teaching, I'd end up taking my own images because what was available on stock photo websites was terrible, really. Um, <laughs> inaccurate, really a non-compliant PPE, dentists holding instruments in, in ways that they don't actually hold models looking so glamorous it was not real, over photoshopped, um, yes, nothing about it screamed accurate and real. And I, in the presentation, I ended up using all my photos and I thought, oh, this is terrible. We really need to do something about this. I think dentists are so, or people in the dental industry are so used to having poor quality imagery that they just accept that's all that they can access. And I decided to do to take that on and go right. My mission now is that if it, if anyone in the dental industry needs a good quality, purpose fit, accurate imagery, they can come straight to dentalstockphotos.com, and it'll be there for them. It's such a wonderful, wonderful idea, Roz. I have to say, I've used a lot of dental imaging in just the promotion of my. You know, the club and Joy Parker practice success. And I agree with you. It is difficult to find accurate images. The thing that I often find is that 
it's either the same common image that you see on just about 50% of the websites out there, 50% of the marketing bits and pieces out there. But I have absolutely seen it when dental teams are not utilising PPE properly, that they are holding the instruments incorrectly. And what you mentioned to me during our, one of our last conversations, they'll have stethoscopes around their necks, which is something yes. you never do. <laughs> yes, yes, you see a, a dentist with a stethoscope. And, and oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't wear stethoscopes. We wear, if anything, it'll be dental loops. So that's one of the range of images that I've been putting together and putting on my site is that you can actually get photos of dentists wearing dental-appropriate equipment, which includes dental loops, and there's not a stethoscope in sight. That is magnificent. And I've looked at the images on your site. They are absolutely tremendous. And the pricing is also tremendous as well. I would really, and I always do encourage dental teams to be very mindful of the images that they do put up on their sites because you are setting a certain expectation, whether it be something that you're aiming towards uh, new patients coming in or to your existing patients. You are absolutely setting an example and you need to be, there needs to be that kind of level of responsibility that what I'm putting out there is as accurate as possible. I agree. It's really important that the images that you use are a true representation of our modern day standards and ethics and our procedures. People today, from research I've done, want to see real people in a real setting so that they can relate. And then they also want to see a photo that while not being too scary because the dentist can put make people quite scary but see in the photos that uh, they have my safety in mind and their own safety in mind and they take all these you know precautions and I can see that they're wearing their PPE properly or however you want to portray it so that you know your client or your patient safety is paramount for that practice. And it's certainly a different world now, and I think it's going to be permanent, this awareness around PPE that the average person has. Growing up in the dental industry, majority of the patients, any patient base, just had faith that their dental practice was doing everything right, was making sure that they were physically safe in the dental environment. But we are seeing so much evidence of PPE wherever we turn nowadays. I think dental practices do need to maybe have a de designated page on their website or routinely post things on their social media pages to give that indication to their new patients and existing patients that this is a practice that takes this side of things seriously and their imagery reflects that. Yes, I agree. Yes. And that is my goal with dental stock photos, to constantly have image available to suit any situation. And I have been very fortunate to have the support of the WA dental community behind me. And I've had nine dental practices who have opened their doors up and let myself and my photographer come in and photograph either the dentists and the staff there in their everyday setting or I've had a number of dentists volunteer to be my models and they've come in their their own uniforms and bring their own loops and we actually get images of them you know being real dentists in real situations 
and it's been fantastic. They've just been so supportive, um, and there's no end to imagery that I can take. So I've I've got more shoots um, some this week, um, and I've got an endodontist in Perth who's very happy to let me come in so I can get some of those endodontic root canal imagery. I then want to move into um, keep liaising with orthodontists because I know a lot of imagery around Invisalign is in demand. Um, and then, yeah, look, there's no end. I can keep going. And I've yep. been so fortunate to have, you know, that support of the dental community who's sort of gone, you know what, those photos are just terrible. Let's <laughs> Let's have some options so that we can have better marketing. And so much better to be able to support, you know, an Australian-based business. You're in Perth, and to be able to, you know, Australian dentists who are listening to this podcast, to be able to uh, support someone local rather than get just the old, usual type that you get from iStock photos. You must have quite a library of photos to date. At the moment, I'm sitting just on around 2,000 images. <laughs> And there's another couple hundred in the works because it takes a while by the time you do your shoot. There's a lot of editing. I've worked with two fantastic female photographers who have been amazing and bring different styles. And yes, they do editing, then I do the editing because it's very important that every image that goes up showcases, you know, I pride myself on correct technique, compliance. And with my dental dentist background, my infection control consulting background, I'm in a position that I can make sure that that is, you know, all those images are accurate and compliant. There are um, plans to have a lot of inaccurate imagery go up so that perhaps we can have a before and after or a yes and a no or compliant and non-compliant. So that can be used as teaching material as well for people who want to do that. Um, that's in the works um, I'm trying to decide the best way to to put it on the site so that it's clear because I don't want an inaccurate photo being used touted as you know this is this is correct are you in a position where you are always seeking additional practices to kind of open their doors up to you to get more photographs yes I, I definitely am um, anyone who would be interested in being uh, showcasing their practice, it's a fantastic way. We do remove any identifying features, um, branding and things like that, but you can, you can certainly know that it's your practice, um, which is fantastic. And what's the process from, if you did, if you were a practice that you opened the doors up, are there lighting crews and sound crews and photographers coming through? What kind of disruption or space do they need in order to welcome you in as an opportunity for more photography? Oh, that's a great question, Julie. It's actually very simple. It's just myself and my photographer. She has a series of cameras and lighting very little, if any. She, Both of them are really good at using the light coming through. Particularly if um, if it's okay to photograph when a real patient's having treatment, it's very important that we are non-invasive and stand back. So if we've got everyone's permission and we um, usually, the photographer goes in on her own to the room and will very quietly just photograph and very much stay out of the way. Um, if we're there during opening hours, 
the both of us try very hard to be invisible in the background, not get in the way. That's really important. Otherwise, we schedule a day when there's nobody at the practice. So if it's a Saturday or a day that it's usually closed, and then we can kind of take over. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So I can bring in um, colleagues who've agreed to be models or other family members. Hey, my family's been photographed. It's a good way to get started. Uh, look, even put my dog in there because dental therapy dogs are, are becoming very popular. Yes. So my chocolate Labradoodle is is featured along with my sister's grey Labradoodle and a colleague's in Perth um, has a golden Cavoodle, no, apricot Cavoodle, and he's featured as well. So I love it. But we very much try to come in with very little, um, but it doesn't compromise our quality at mm -hmm. all, and you can see that by the imagery. It's tremendous. And is if... Practices out there were looking through your website and they said, oh, gosh, I really want this particular type of photograph. Is it the sort of situation where you could be contacted and say, could you do a range for our endo machine, for example? Most definitely. And I would be very happy to have suggestions on imagery that people want so that I can provide that. If you go to the website and go to the Contact Us page, there's a way to, to contact. Otherwise, um, there is a phone number. You could always ring me. Though I do find in writing's great because then, it, you know, everyone knows exactly when things were sent and the lists and that sort of thing. But more than happy to um, take any suggestions on board and then I can either work with that practice deciding what they'd like and then see if there's somewhere I can photograph and at the moment in WA, I've got that flexibility that we can do because cross fingers so far, we're not in lockdown. So I do have that flexibility, which is great. And I hope it continues for a bit longer. <laughs> the website, of course, and the contact details will all be in the show notes for people, but it is dentalstockphotos.com. Correct. And you were mentioning the ADA WA support that you've been receiving and for anybody outside of Australia listening to this podcast, that's the Australian Dental Association in Western Australia, the Western Australian branch. They have been buying your photographs for some of their projects for a little while now. So ADA WA has bought a couple of images, but it's actually the Australian Dental Association Federal that um, have come on board as a client of mine and they've been starting to use their my imagery in their website and I will have to, to brag slightly that the latest Australian Dental Association Infection Prevention and Control Guidelines, the fourth edition which came out three-ish weeks ago, yes, is full of dental stock photo imagery. And um, the image on the cover is a local WA dentist and her dental assistant who very kindly let me photograph in their practice. And yeah, so it's all, I think all bar three images, which is fantastic to see. And I'm really enjoying seeing imagery in, um, in these guidelines. I, I'd like to see more, of course. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people learn by, by visual and mm -hmm. I think some more imagery would be great. And I've also started to see Byte Magazine is another client and they're starting to use imagery and the latest edition, which was at the, yeah, the September edition, 
there's a lovely image there of an elderly gentleman sitting in a yeah in a dental chair in the office and that was uh, a local Perth practice um, and that's one of my images so you know it's a it's a real person and he's not photoshopped and it must be so for you to be seeing your own images out and about on these important documents. That's fantastic. Yes, very exciting, very exciting. Yes, I do a little jig and a little dance and go, yes, one more, one more. <laughs> World domination's taking longer than I thought, Julie, but one day every dental image will be replaced by a dental stock photos image. <laughs> Well, there's so many opportunities for dental practices to use these great images. I mean, obviously it's their website, but also it can be their personalised brochures, education brochures that they make up for their dental patients. Yes. Nowadays, look at all the social media posts that have been put out by dental practices. That's another space where they could be utilising them. Very much. So anything from social media to templates that you might make up, to your websites, to your blogs, um, to pamphlets, publications. I found a number of dental supply companies often lack for imagery. And at the moment, a lot of the products in these dental practices that I photograph are you know, Australian products, so they're not American. There's also the opportunity for images for anyone who does teaching and training of dentists or dental assistants or dental prosthesis who need imagery for their resources this is another place that they can come because i i very much try to have almost like two types of imagery which i guess is the marketing imagery and then a technical side so the marketing imagery tends to be more gentle and not so technically dental but if you want the technical image and you want to see a you know, inside a mouth or see something a little gory those are where you come to that side of things so you can choose what you what you want and yes any of the associations and I'm now also conscious that in America in the UK in other countries the the PPE is slightly different and I'm starting to do shoots to for example in America they always have long sleeved gowns on 24-7 while we're bare below the elbows unless it requires a long sleeve item. So I'm getting images of dentists just wearing long sleeve gowns all the time. So you can have a choice between short sleeved or long sleeved and then different types of masks depending on the situation. Whether it's like a, a surgical mask or you have to upgrade to a respirator like an N95 P2. Yeah, so I'm trying to Try to start catering for the different countries and then what they need and they require. So any feedback from anyone who comes on and says, this is the type of image I need, I'll see what I can do to get it. That is good because the sort of thing is if you need it, it's likely that other people need it as well. <laughs> and during these lockdowns that experienced in different parts of Australia to differing, varying degrees of intensity, you know, we are trying to promote teledentistry and ways of communicating and supporting patients when they're not able to attend personally for a lot of their dental procedures. And one of the things that I do encourage all of my clients over the years to do is, you know, before lockdowns and before COVID, was to open your doors up, bring, you know, have an information evening about implants or Invisalign or 
wisdom teeth extractions, anything that is relevant to your particular patient base, invite existing patients and community members you know, out there who may be patients of somebody else, invite them in for this education evening. It's a tremendous practice booster. It gives you a strong authority in the community as the dental resource, the dental go-to place. It can be wildly impactful on your success in establishing yourself as the best practice in the area or the most, the one that lends itself to the best education of the community. But while that is not possible, why not hold webinars? People don't need to identify themselves coming into a webinar. You can just set it up on Zoom and with photos from dentalstockphotos.com, you can really populate that webinar PowerPoint that you'd be using as a guide and end up with a tremendous recording that you can then email out and repurpose. For example, if it was one just around Invisalign, you were talking before about um, wanting to get into an orthodontic practice to do Invisalign, then next time you've got a patient that needs to have Invisalign but has a whole bunch of questions, you can say, let me send you through my recording. But all of the imagery within it is consistent what is acceptable within the profession at the time. That's a fantastic idea, yes particularly as people are looking for information and watching a video is actually often quite a lot easier isn't it than just reading something for sure i know myself i much i sometimes like to either listen to something or just watch a video particularly if my brain power is not so high later at night and i was like i need something a little easier that's exactly yes. right and and the other thing too I, I, I hadn't mentioned earlier because at the moment um, I work one-on-one -on -one with the two photographers that I have. I'm, I'm also looking to take on additional photographers who would be interested in coming on board um, on a com to, to provide imagery to dental stock photos. And that can also include dental practitioners who have taken high-quality imagery and if they would like the opportunity to perhaps um, promote their images through dental stock photos. There are a lot of requirements. The imagery has to be um, you know, very high quality. It could be befores and afters of certain procedures. Um, and there's obviously a lot of um, permission that has to come between the person who's been photographed and things like that. But it's all very achievable. So there is an opportunity for photographers out there who wish to look at another avenue of promoting their work and um, to also approach me for that option as well. That's a great option. I mean, gosh, a lot of dental practices now have beautiful cameras and they've done courses on how to take proper imagery. What a wonderful way of getting your images out there as well. Yes, exactly. Yes. Everybody else can start using them as well. That's a, that's a fantastic option. Thank you. I think so. I think that would be great. I want to see better quality, purpose-fit, accurate imagery out there. So let's replace every bad image that's available <laughs> out there on other stock photo sites with good ones. I love it. I love it. What kind of pricing, Where does it? where's the price point of dentalstockphotos.com compared to the usual sort of places that people source their imagery from? Dental Stock Photos is very competitive with its pricing with the other stock photo companies, yes. Whether um, you wish to buy, you can buy a single image or you can buy uh, a bundle of images or a subscription. And like with the other stock photo companies, the image automatically comes with a standard license, which means you can use it on 
web social media and perhaps if you're doing an educational talk and you need an image you go up to a extended license when you're going to on sell that image um, put it in brochures or put it in publications and that sort of thing so it's very standard like all the other stock photo companies and we've tried very much to be competitive with our pricing uh, the, our point of difference is you're not going to see any of our images on the other stock photo sites so if you want something new something different that's where you come and there's also opportunities for agency agreements if people are wanting to look at that. So, yes, please jump on and have a look. That is absolutely fantastic. It's such a tremendous service and I can't, it's one of those things where you think, I can't believe it hasn't been available to date here in Australia. I'm, I was a bit surprised too and then I was very surprised that the domain name Daniel Stock Photos was available. I thought, <laughs> oh, it was meant to be. It was meant That's to right. be. This is a universal push for me to do this. Well, thank you so much for developing this as a service for the dental community. It's just absolutely tremendous. I'm certainly a convert. I'll be using all of my future marketing images, uh, buying them from dentalstockphotos.com. And I suggest really think, as dental practices out there, really think about how you can use imagery to better promote what you do as a practice, to better educate your patients about what's going on, and to more authentically and genuinely deliver an image of what your practice is in the community and making sure that your photos accurately represent Australian dental practices. Ros, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about your magnificent dentalstockphotos.com. Thank you so much, Julie, for letting me come onto your podcast and I've had a lovely morning and I hope to see more dental stock photos images out there in the near future. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, you should join the club. The club members receive an online lunch and learn every week where I share insights, systems and strategies to improve the success of your practice. These lunch and learns could not be easier. They are recording so you can watch them at a time that suit you. Members also have full access to the library of all of our past topics. There's a powerful and effective way to upskill your team. I hope to see you there.